Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. If you're introvert or whatever, you, you do a little meetup. If you, if, even if it's one-on-one, -on -one, you start there first and you get a little more confidence. Then you add a couple more people, a couple more people, and then you start doing dinners and things like that. But you, you, you just get over the hump each time you get over it. You're going to suck in the beginning, but it, it's, it's fine because like you said, once you, once you did it, it just changed everything. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Personal Branding Playbook. I'm your host, Coach Chris. And on today's show, we're doing a throwback episode, man. This is with Eric Sioux from a couple years ago. And we talk about building your influence. And I love talking to people like Eric because they've done it on a real high level. You know, like there's a difference between talking to the entrepreneur that's new, that's kind of figuring out their own systems and processes or whatever. This guy's done it built some incredible agencies made millions of dollars so eric is an amazing amazing guest man this was one of my favorite episodes that i've ever done so enjoy the show on today's show we have very 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 special guest eric is it cu i don't want to pronounce it wrong oh you're good eric cu um and this is one of my favorite internet marketers and I've been listening to marketing school for a long time. I was following YouTube content, LinkedIn content, just learning a lot from what you post. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. So first of all, what got you into internet marketing at such a high level? You know, because you've done the TED Talks, you've done a lot of the stuff that most of the beginning internet marketers want to do. So what really got you started in this industry? Yeah, so... Um I got started with uh, marketing in general after I was working a dead end job. This is 2008 after the, uh, the financial crisis or maybe 2009. Uh, but I was working a dead end job doing data entry. And uh, my friend brought up, uh, she was doing a marketing internship and she's like, oh, you might be interested in this thing. So long story short, got an internship. There was a cohort of 12 of us. And then from there, um, you know, never, never looked back. I got a free education. You sure I did some work for people. Um, but then from there, I remember just things kind of kind of took off, um, and that's how I got started with marketing. Man, I think that part, like you said, is so important where it comes to that free education and doing work for other people. I think we've reached a point now where people see courses and they see YouTube and they think, I can learn so much online, I don't have to go and work for anybody else. How mm -hmm. instrumental was that free work for people in you building your career? It's important. I mean, you... You know, at the end of the day, it, it, the one thing that matters is people. And, and then I, I've, I've actually told people in, in the past now, like, sure, in the beginning, you learn all these marketing tactics, but now mostly focusing on business, I'm more focused on, you know, the culture tactics, the people tactics, right? Um, but working for someone, you learn how to work with other people. You learn that it's not really about you. 
you know, there's a lot of internet marketers, affiliate marketers out there and sure they make good money on their own, but if you want to do, then there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to do amazing things, you're going to have to go with people. And, um, you know, as a matter of fact, I remember Warren Buffett saying, um, one time he interned for someone and the guy was like, you should be paying me for interning here. Like, because the value is so skewed the other way, like, you know, <laughs> that people just don't understand that they, they, they think they should get compensated immediately, but, um, you know, got to play the long game. Yeah, the long game. That's, that's so important. And I saw you post something recently that caught my attention and I even commented on it when you broke down how you as an introvert can get out there and start meeting people and that live interaction. And I think that's one thing that every entrepreneur should implement into their lifestyle is just having a meetup or having actual in-person meetings every single month, every other week, maybe just consistently meeting other people because I know when I forced myself to start doing that, my business changed immediately. It didn't take a month. It's changed instantly. Yeah. No, totally, man. I mean, you realize, again, it, it's about if you want to get stuff done, you're going to need people. If you want to get business, you're going to need people, right? And I think the first step to that is if you're an introvert or whatever, you you do a little meetup. If you, even if it's one-on-one, -on -one, you start there first and you get a little more confidence. Then you add a couple more people, a couple more people, and then you start doing dinners and things like that. But you, you, you just get over the hump each time you get over it. You're going to suck in the beginning, but it, it's, it's fine because like you said, once you, once you did it, it just changed everything. Yeah. And I, I, I think that fear factor is what kind of gets people caught up is I don't want to have a meetup and then only five people come. Uh, and I think that's kind of the psychological part. People don't want to seem embarrassed when yeah. everybody's on Instagram taking pictures and it's not a crowd. I can say yeah. my first workshop I had was in LA right across the street from Staples Center. And it was about six people, but it was still amazing. Um, and yeah. for the longest time, I knew I could do it, but I had this fear in my mind, like, man, what if I can't get 20 people? Then I was like, you know what? If it's just six people, I am completely happy with it being six people that paid to learn from me, that paid to see me, and you know, they want to connect with me and learn. Like, that's more valuable than 20 people that aren't as interested. Yeah, you're right. And so for you, how did you get over that fear of, okay, I might not have a lot of people yet, but I st I'm still going to do this? Yeah, I remember, um, I think it's a, it's a Steve Jobs situation where um, basically, you know, what he, what he says is like, stop thinking about yourself, stop being so selfish, stop being so vain. Because mm. at the end of the day, it, it's not about how you feel or how embarrassed you are, because who cares? Um, it's more so about how you're going to help the people. Um, and you know, it, it, let's say you got six people the first time. Well, okay, great. They had an amazing experience. You learned a lot. Uh, they learned a lot as well. You learned a lot about doing the event the right way. You know, you made some mistakes maybe, um, and then you, you're going to get better from it, but they got something from it too. And then, you know, these are your people that are going to, these people are going to help build the foundation for you to, to build for the long term. So there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I mean, it's, um, again, it's people, people don't do things because they care too much about what other people think. And I think part of that is them being selfish because they care too much about, they care too much about things that don't matter. Yeah, man. I, I think that's a major thing in business right now. Um, when I look at just entrepreneurship as a whole, it's so popular that it's pretty hard not to see what everybody else is doing and what they're focused on. So for, for you being an entrepreneur, um, what would you say is your favorite thing about entrepreneurship right now? Like, how do you, how do you, how much do you love this specific thing? I mean, I can do whatever I want. Um, it's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
every day I wake up, it, it, it feels like I'm playing a game and uh, I can work on this business. I can work on that one. Um, I can just keep switching around. I can continue to build leverage and then things just get bigger and bigger. Um, and I, I can set my goals however high I want them or ho however low I want them, but I have full control. And I think for someone like me, I need to have that control to be able to, you know, uh, make the biggest impact I can make. Man, yeah, that's that right there is very, very important. That freedom factor. I think that's what we're all fighting for above everything else. So one of the things I wanted to really ask you about, too, because a lot of my audience, they're aspiring speakers. They want to get on stage. They want to really have their voice heard. So what was your first speaking opportunity like before the TED Talk, before all that stuff? What was the first one like for you? Yeah. And just to clarify, I've never, um, I've attended TED a couple of times, the main TED. Um, that's, that's the one in uh, Toronto or not Toronto, sorry, uh, Vancouver, but I've never, never actually spoken at a TED. Um, to me, I would probably only look to speak at that conference. Um, I know there's a bunch of TEDx's and things like that. So there's a big difference between the TEDx versus the TED. Um, and to get invited to speak in TED, it's, it's, uh, it's a whole ordeal in itself. But um to answer your question, the first event that I spoke at, I remember this is when I was about 25 years old. And um, it was when I was leading marketing at a startup. And then we actually, um, we, we often would pay this um, startup LA uh, happy hour thing. And then we, we paid a sponsor. So we, we'd have our banners up and every single time. So this guy invited me. He said, hey, look, thank you for sponsoring our, our thing so, mu so much. Um, what do you think about doing a, a, a growth talk to maybe you know 40 or 50 people and that's the first time i ever um had to speak in front of a crowd and um i was really nervous right you know i was thinking about how <laughs> what people would think about me um but you know i would stumble my over my words whatever i kept looking at the slides um but what i will say is still afterwards no matter how bad i thought i did people came up to me and people were asking questions because people weren't really interested in me they were interested in the content they're interested in the value so it didn't matter how bad I was, I still was able to deliver the content that I wanted to deliver. And um, that to me gave me a lot of confidence because then at that point I realized again, it's, it's about the value that they're going to get. Um, it's about what the audience wants, who the audience is. Um, and then not so much about me. I, I like that. I like that approach to it where it's not really about this amazing performance from you because you're not a rapper. Like <laughs> you're, you're there to deliver solutions to people and if you do that then that's when you get a lot of interaction and i think most people want to speak because they see other people doing it yeah and they see what it does for your career as an entrepreneur i think yeah. speaking on stage is one of the best things you can do i think it's better than writing a book actually yeah i mean i think they're they're a little different i mean i, I do have a book coming out um next year but the book sometimes can get you speaking gigs and by the way like my my thing is not to I'm not trying to do like a career in speaking. Right? There's people that write a book and then their, their whole thing is to get paid, like to, to be a paid yeah. speaker. I think that's fine, right? To me, that doesn't allow me to leverage my time. For me, it's um, I'm going to continue to speak and build the audience. The audience is really the leverage. And then I'm going to buy or build products that fit in or, or put services that fit in with my audience. That's true leverage right there. And I'm going to selectively pick the events I want to speak at, right? So it depends. Like um, entrepreneur speaking might be a little different than like um, just kind of career speaker, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I think um, it just depends on the goals that you're that you're looking for. I, I like that. I like what you said. You're not making you don't want to make a career out of speaking. You want to be selective. That's very important. So I, I like what you just said, too, about building products for that audience that you build. 
So mm -hmm. how do you find the specific product, the software, uh, the service that you want to deliver to a specific group of people? Like, how do you find that problem first? Because I know that's where it starts before you actually deliver the solution. Yeah, I mean, let's say you have an audience, okay? Um, so for us, for marketing school or even my, my other podcast, um, my, my other podcast, Leveling Up, is m mostly entrepreneurs that are listening to that. So it's, it's a higher level. Um, whereas marketing school, we, we have a very big audience and people are, a lot of them are beginners, right? So here's, a, here's one thing that we might do. We might actually make a marketing school because we know most of them are, are beginners, uh, like an online marketing school, right? Um, and we have different ideas for that. But it's because people are always reaching out to us. People are emailing us. And sometimes we'll send out a survey and we'll say, hey, what's one big thing you're, you're having trouble with right now or one thing you're struggling with? And then we're looking for signal and noise, right? Like if a lot of people are saying, hey, we're actually struggling with learning marketing. There's no good solution out there that might be a good, good time for us to plug something in. So it's, it's doing customer development. Um, and I recommend, you know, people read up on what customer development is and not trying to just randomly guess on what you think is the right solution. Um, because a lot of people think they have a really good idea, but often what happens is the original idea you had ends up becoming totally something, something else. And the people, because you, you talk to customers, but the people that come up with an idea and don't talk, to customers that don't iterate because they think their idea is so good again their ego is so big what happens is they end up they end up failing so you have to again people is the answer people is is you know you get the idea first and then um then you talk to people and then you just continue to iterate on that but again same deal i like that i like that so you have to see what their problem is and really ask them and i think that's kind of an epidemic with the online course world right now is it's so easy to make a course that everybody wants to go straight to making one without knowing who it's for, without knowing a problem it solves. They don't even know how to price it because they didn't talk to the audience first. So you're saying the first step is to talk to that audience. And do you only use surveys like sending it to your mailing list? No, I mean, if you have any type of audience on, let's say you have an audience on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, you can just ask um, and see what people are saying. You can go to... You can go to people and what I also do is let's say I don't have a list or anything like that. So thinking about our software, um, you know, sometimes we'll talk to enterprise people. Sometimes we'll talk to, you know, uh, content marketing leads. Right. Um, but we have to find those people on LinkedIn and then we reach out to them and then we say, Hey, can we spend five to 10 minutes of your time to get feedback on, um, on, you know, what we have going on or just to learn about what you're doing because we're building a product. Right. Um, but the insight that they give you in those five to 10 minutes, you just get on a zoom call like this. Um, you learn a lot that, that's worth its weight in gold. Like the time that you, Ooh, you, like you that. don't do that, you're going to be in trouble because again, you've been developing in a black box on your own. I like that. And so just a 10 minute call. And I, I think the problem there too is I know some people that do that, but then they charge, they'll charge like 50 bucks for like 20 minutes. And I, I always thought it was just a bad idea because if you want this to be your customer, you should want to learn from them and then provide them with a little bit of solutions and build on that, you know, build that relationship. So 10 to 15 minutes of my time for free isn't bad because I know I'm playing a long game. You know, my goal is to help you answer some of your questions and really set you up to win down the road. Whereas if I just want to make a sale, then that's, I think that's where we get stuck at is trying to chase the money too much. Exactly. And I think that's the problem with most internet marketers, which um, it's, I, I kind of generally, I, I think the, you talked about a little earlier, the longer you play long, the more successful you're going to be. If you keep chasing 
short term, like, oh, I'm going to do this, this, this funnel, and then I'm going to try to make money. And then it's like this, it's just like, it's everyone else is doing it right now. To your point, everyone's running Facebook ads to their landing page, drive them to a webinar, close them on a course, and then just try to make more money. And I've, I've been in masterminds in the past where people just want to make money. It's a very not diverse group. People are just talking about hacking, making money and all that. But that's, a, that's another reason why Neil and I, we put together our, our own group um, because we got sick and tired of that. Yeah, and so with you, you, you and Neil's group, is that like a membership? Is it a mastermind? What is the community that you've created over there? So I, I think you can see for me, I generally stray away from like the word internet marketing and, and, and mastermind um, because there's a lot of... Um, for lack of a better word, dirtiness around those words. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the, you know, the, the group that we have, you can, you can equate it to a mastermind. It's called the growth accelerator. There is a membership to it. And yes, there's a fee. It's, it's a $25,000 a year fee. But the, 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 the thing that's different for our group is there's a minimum revenue requirement. So you have to be doing at least a million, probably more than that a year. Um, and then Neil and I, we actually get on a call with every single person that's qualified just to vet them out. Because if they're there and they say, hey, look, I'm just looking to make more money, that's not the right fit. We want people that are there to learn. Mm -hmm. Like the, the type of people that we have in the group are like, you know, the founders of Activision Blizzard, right? Um, people that are, you know, private equity to, to turnarounds and all that. So it's a very selective group because Neil and I put that group together to learn and potentially, you know, do, do deals with each other and then, you know, figure out how to, um, you know, help each other impact the world in a better way. I, I love that. I love how so my, my point is like, you, you gotta have, um, you gotta have a, cause other groups, like they'll just add hundreds of people. Right. And they just want to make money. They want to maximize revenue, but a, a mastermind is actually a terrible way to make money. You're not going to make a lot of money on that. It that doesn't scale well, but what does do well is when you get a bunch of smart people in the room and you set a different goal, instead of make money on this group, it's like, no, we're here to learn and we're here to potentially help each other out. That's a completely different goal. So, yeah, and I like that. I think that's what we need more of because I don't know if you can see it, but I think when, when every market gets so saturated, it's like it becomes a bubble. You know, I think that's what's happening with online courses and coaching and mastermind. It's getting to the yeah. point where it's happening so much. Yeah. Everybody's being called a scammer or you're a fraud, and that's being yeah. thrown around a lot too. So, I think we're going to reach a point pretty soon where it's really hard to get those customers because it's hard to build that trust. You know, it's hard to get to that point now because everybody's doing the same exact thing. You know, what's hard to do though. Like what's hard to do is what you're doing right now, Chris, it's you're, you're doing podcasts and you're going to do it over time, right? You're going to do, you're going to play the long game. And then what's going to happen is you're going to build trust with people, which is what you're saying. And you're going to build an audience that way. It doesn't matter how big or how small the audience is. It's going to take time to grow. Um, but most internet marketers don't think like that. I'm just going to run Facebook ads. I'm going to run Google ads. I'm going to run YouTube. And like, you know, I'm just going to put them in my funnel and I'm going to make, you know, good, healthy, maybe five, six, maybe up to seven figures a year, um, which is completely fine. But what are you doing for the long term? That's the real question, right? What are you mm. doing for the long term? Yeah, and I think that's what's going to hit people over the head. And it's kind of interesting to me. I love just talking about this stuff because we're in an unprecedented age right now. We passed the information stage and now we're at the point where everything is really available and we have so much access. Like if anybody wants to make a course, they can. So we won't really see the impacts of the course era until another 10, 15 years. And mm -hmm. I tell people, if you have a business, if you're a coach, if you're a speaker, you're an author, you should have a podcast because that builds trust the same way a YouTube channel does, right? It's the same thing. So you really should be doing both 
with consistency because then you can make an impact on people's lives for the long term. Like some people will listen to my show for like three years. Like that's amazing to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And so for you, how important would you say your podcast, both of them have been to your life overall? I mean, super important. I think um, the way I look at it too is, 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 at the end of the day, it's building relationships. It's building relationships at scale. Nothing's changed. Human beings, they want to socialize. They want to build relationships with each other. It's just, it's added a, a way to do it at scale. Whether it's, you know, look back in the day, it's blogging, right? And now we have Instagram, we have YouTube. Um, but when I think about some of the things that have happened from the podcast, uh, some of my best friends have come from, from the podcast. Me getting invited to speak at a conference just because, um, you know, they listen to my podcast. Um, the, the fact that I have marketing school is only because of my first podcast, which has led to the events we do, the new marketing school that we're opening, um, the sponsorships that we get. Um, it helps a lot with recruiting talent. Again, tie it back in with people. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I, I think it's any channel, right? When you think about, when you think about the celebrities out there, whether they're business celebrities or any celebrities, the only reason they have celebrities is because they've, uh, they've achieved reach. And I think um, this is no different. So it's, it's been a big help. Yeah. And that's what I tell people is even if you start off with, you know, maybe 20 listeners, your first six months, keep going, because if you're doing it right, you're going to build that audience and build that reach. And I think that's my favorite part personally is the people I've interviewed. I can send them an email and we can get on the phone and talk about stuff and talk about business. We refer each other business and that relationship is just, just man, it's one of the best factors of, of doing this podcast. So What's next for you? I know you said you have the book coming next year, but what's, what's, what are you doing this year that's a big deal? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm focused on our software right now. That's one thing. Um, so our software is called ClickFlow. Um, I am focused on uh, the group that Neil and I are doing. We're focused on getting a couple more members for, for that one. But honestly, we're probably okay on that right now. But um, we want to make sure that we continue to keep a very high quality there. Um, and then the other side of things, I mean, it's just, um, you know, working on getting the book out and then making sure that, uh, on the agency side of things, you know, they get the, the, the talent that they need. Cause I'm not really involved with the, the day to day, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just, to me, it's, it's all part of the same. Well, one thing I will say is if you build an audience, you want to make sure that you're not jumping around all the time. This is kind of a additional, like if you build an audience around marketing, don't try to go sell stuff in like interior design, like focus around marketing. Um, and if you, if you focus, that's going to help. So that, that's why a lot of the stuff I'm doing right now continues to focus around marketing. So, yeah. I love that. I was One thing I was going to ask you about is you have the agency and then you have the group and you have software and how does all those things work together? Because when I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, they have so many different interests and passions. And I always tell them, you want those things to align as closely as you possibly can. Because if I have a podcast on business, then I, it'll be hard for me to sell products to health people. You know, it just won't really fit all the time. So how do you make yep. those align together? Well, I mean, it, they all, they all kind of do align because when you think about, you know, the topics I cover are around marketing and business. So ClickFlow, our software is around marketing. You think about our group, that's more around business. You think around the agency, that's more around marketing. And then the school that Neil and I are doing, that's more around marketing um and then, then you know we have we have uh, courses on the side too that's that's, that's actually more around business right we, we have our agency accelerator thing um so all of it ties in together and then the book that i have coming out that is more about that is more about building a it's a much wider audience but that to me is still eventually transitioning up to business it's it's the book's called leveling up so 
um, yeah, they all kind of tie in together. I love that, man. I love it. I think every entrepreneur should have that in mind. You know, you have the million dollar strategy. Everything needs to be together where marketing and business are, yeah, they're pretty much the same thing. They fit together perfectly. Um, like health and fitness, they fit together perfectly. Um, but I know some people who want to talk about fashion and fitness and it's just, that's not going to work. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, man. All right. So Eric, please let the people know more about where they can find you, how they can follow you. I'll follow your content. Let them know where they can follow your content. Yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. You can just uh, follow me on Instagram. It's Eric Osu. So it's, it's my first name, last name with the O in the middle. So Eric O S I U. Um, and you can DM me there if you need anything. And then if you want to uh, find marketing school, just type marketing school into Google and you'll find it. All right, Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Woodhouse offers confidence as your trusted auto partner. With 18 brands and 16 convenient full-service dealerships, you can easily shop the latest models, discover a pre-owned vehicle that meets your list of must-haves, or conveniently maintain your current vehicle. And our knowledgeable and local team is ready to help, providing you the solutions to get you on the road faster, whether online at woodhouse.com or in person. Experience the difference with Woodhouse, a trusted auto partner since 1975. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.